This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, Season 3, Episode 5. Welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network, sponsored by Excess Sites. Today is July 28th, 2021, and I am your host today, Jacob Paulson. I am joined by my friend, Matthew Marister. Greetings, sir. How are you? Just fine, thank you. Unlike uh, Riley, I don't do weird titles. I just say Matthew's my friend, you know, and we move on. Yeah. yeah I, I like friend. I think that's good. Friend works, right? <laughs> Uh, so notably, Riley is absent today. He's uh, traveling, as it were, and so he's not here to participate with us today. Uh, we will not be recording two episodes today. I guess that this doesn't need to be an audio recording, so Riley will maybe edit this out later. But, but today we're only recording one episode, and the other one will be recorded later this week for publishing. Today we're going to be talking about criteria for gun belts. And the title of the episode specifically says Jacob's Criteria for Gun Belts, but because I'm concerned that I might miss something or that I'm foolish and stupid, I got Matthew here to keep me in check and add to that discussion. Yeah, I don't know, but I'll try to keep you in check. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we should have a good time. But first, our sponsors. Hey, um, if you don't like our sponsor episodes or our sponsor men- mentions within the podcast, I got, I just I think all I can say is too bad. <laughs> we have to have them because this is how we pay the bills. So please uh, you know, make sure you pay attention and don't try and skip through our sponsor mention, mentions and, and take care of our sponsors. Tell them we sent you. So first, today's sponsor is CCW Safe. In our opinion, the best option for those seeking some sort of self-defense related insurance or coverage. Uh, self-defense, CCW Safe will be there to take care of you should you be involved in some sort of incident. They will come to your aid physically and financially. And we have studied out that industry many times over, and we're very comfortable with and feel strongly about endorsing that product. Also, today's episode is brought to you by XS Sites. XS Sites is the title sponsor of our podcast network, but also today, their sponsor of this particular episode. And there's a lot of good sites out there. Uh, I don't pretend to believe that only one company makes good sites, but we really like XS Sites. And not only do they put out a high quality product, they have lots of different options. But they're made in the U.S. and they're very affordable. So go check them out at xssites.com. There you have it. Yeah. Matthew, you ready to talk about belts? Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. All right. So I think before we get into the criteria, uh, I just let's talk about journey. Like Matthew, like do you remember? I mean, you come from a, uh, a interest different background than my, than me. You, you were in the military. You were a marine. Presumably you wore a belt as a Marine and then you were a patrol officer in Southern California. You mm-hmm. wore some sort of duty belt there. Talk a little bit about kind of your discovery process and what it's looked like over the last however many years for you in terms of off duty or concealed carry and belts. Like what, what have you gone through there? Yeah, it's crazy. Cause just as you were, you were talking about that earlier before the show started recording um, about changing kind of like some of your opinions over the years, I think like, a lot of, te- I, I hate to say technology when we're talking about belts, but a lot of like uh, purposeful design, I guess, maybe would be better, um, has gone into stuff like holsters and belts. And so things that, you know, I, I was looking at three, four, five, six years ago, I've, I've changed my mind on a lot of stuff because now n- new things are available. So 
Yeah. So um, before it was like you get a, a gun belt was like a leather belt, right? Like it was a thick leather belt. And some of them had were reinforced with some sort of, you know, some of them had like a steel core or something like that um, for off duty you know, carry or, or conceal carry and like duty belts, you know, you, you had a big, uh, maybe a, like a Velcro lining belt. And then you had your big, uh, thick war belt or duty belt. Um, and so my thought process was, you know, when I went to stop being a cop and I was just concealed carrying, I, I got like a nice, good leather, thick leather, um, belt that was reinforced. And that was an awesome gun belt. And, uh, over the, time you know i've seen newer belts come out with you know going from the nylon belt that everybody would think of as like really you know real supple and just kind of like a nylon um riggers belt type thing um to a reinforced like nylon webbing belt that was extremely stiff and now kind of like dialing it back and kind of combining the both of both worlds or combining the both um a, a, a stiff belt and uh, more supple in, in the areas where it needs to be. So, yeah, so it's kind of been an evolutionary type thing. Yeah, so you, our journeys are probably similar, except that I carried a gun for a very long time with a very crappy belt. I'll just like admit failure on this one and, and confess that for, I don't know, many moons, <laughs> more than five years, uh, I carried a concealed firearm with what I would consider a non-gun belt, a very traditional, you know, Walmart-quality leather belt um just just because i didn't know better like no one ever told me hey you should probably get a good gun belt like i didn't know a gun belt was a thing mm -hmm. so i just wore the same belt i wore every day uh and and then i one day i started carrying a gun and so i just didn't change the belt i just kept using that same belt and i think that's pretty common i think we, we I, I, I know we certainly see that a lot on the gun range we see our students mm -hmm. and people coming to our oh, classes yeah. and that's they're just wearing the same belt they always been using you know prior mm -hmm. to being a gun person Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about some of the kind of failure points of belts and, and, and why that you know is an issue. But like you, Matthew, my first gun belt was just a thicker leather belt. And then, you know, you start to figure out the different nylon things. And there's even some kind of what I would call um, universal naming now, like, for example, Cobra belts, you know, Cobra belt is not a brand. It's a style of buckle. And we see like, tons of companies out there that have a Cobra belt. Mm -hmm. uh, and you mentioned a riggers belt and I'll add scuffle belt, you know, and we just see, we see kind of some of these names that are, are used by companies to identify the style of belt. And so it's kind of started to become, um, you know, some universally recognized terms, I guess. And, and maybe that's me, maybe I'm naive, but, but I definitely see that kind of pattern across several different companies. So we're going to kind of go through these. So, yeah, I think we have to start with the first failure point of belt or the first criteria for belt because it's the one that that if if you're listening to this and you <laughs> you still have never purchased a gun belt, a concealed carry EDC belt, then this is the first failure point you need to know about. Mm -hmm. And that would be simply that you need a stiff belt. Like it's got to be stiff enough. Mm -hmm. It can't be weak sauce. So Matthew, when we say stiff enough, what do, what do we mean? Well, he, the thing is, is, you know, a lot of people, and I, I'm reading the comments say like, yeah, I'm just using the same, you know, Walmart belt that I got. And it, you know, I, I, it holds up my pants and now you're putting, you know, maybe a pound or so 
of gear on that belt and expecting it to hold your pants up and your belt. And it, it, what ends up happening is, you know, that, that belt can't sustain, it can't keep everything together. So in order for you to keep your gear from, you know, kind of leaning out, especially if you're carrying like an outside the waistband or something like that, um, you tighten it up tighter. And so it becomes uncomfortable because that's the only way to get some sort of like, um, hold on the belt, right? If it's, if it's a normal, you know, uh, I guess tension around your waist, then everything kind of sags out. So, um, a, a, a stiffer belt will, will, you know, resist that, that kind of curling out of the belt. If you're, if you're just listening, kind of like, um, maybe if you're thinking of the gun, kind of the, the, the butt of the gun kind of just pulling away and kind of flat, uh, you know, flailing out away from your body, I guess. Yeah. Uh, would, would be how I'd describe it. It's also about distributing weight. Mm-hmm. Um, a stiffer belt, you know, it takes what is currently a pain point, this two plus pounds of metal and crap sitting on your, your waistline somewhere that's dragging you down and, and causing a, your body to, to deal with that weight in that spot. A stiffer belt will distribute that weight effectively. I mean, mm-hmm. I not, I know not literally, but it, it distributes the, the way your body, um, uh, works around that weight the way your body supports that weight that's the word i'm looking for so that you're no longer you know getting dragged down in one spot that stiff belt allows your whole body to help support that one heavy point and so that's another really kind of key element of the stiff belt i'll give you another interesting one i i I know several episodes ago there were some discussions about holsters and I think that the way a holster attaches to a belt is also very different based on stiffness. If, if you can, here's, here's just a like simple test. If you can take your belt, uh, not on your pants, that'd be weird. Take it off your pants and hold it in your, in your hand, just between two fingers, your thumb and your pointer finger. And if you can just squeeze it and bend it in half to the point that you can you know, make it touch, your belt's not stiff enough. Mm-hmm. Like your belt sucks. And it might have been adequate to hold up your pants, but it's not adequate to hold up your gun uh, in a way that's safe and reliable and healthy for your back and hips and joints. Sure. Yeah, that's a good test. Yeah. Another another thing is, uh, well, we'll come back to it. I was going to talk about width, but we're going to come back. So stiff. So it's got to be stiff enough. It's got to be stiff right. enough. And I, I think there's a lot of ways we see that achieved. So let's talk a little bit about how belts become stiff enough, right? Mm-hmm. So one thing we see a lot of is just it's thicker. Right. You know, so you and I are both talking about kind of leather belts. And this is generally what we see most leather belt companies do is it's like, oh, don't worry. It's just got three layers of leather now or two layers of leather or five billion layers of leather or <laughs> what, whatever it is. Like there's just a bunch of, you know, we just made it thicker. Right. You know, and so poof, now it's now it's awesome sauce. That sometimes is a, is a very viable option. I don't have anything against that. We sell belts on concealedcarry.com that that is exactly just thicker belts. And I think it's, it's fine. Like I don't have any issue with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one way it can be achieved. Um, we also see belts, like you mentioned earlier, like the steel core. We'll see these belt companies that they, they put something in the lining of the material, whether it's nylon or leather or whatever other material, they put something like in the middle that's stiffer, you know, some, some, mm-hmm. some, like we see some different plastic uh, style, you know, things, materials that are effectively composites. Uh, we see steel or, you know, there's some you know, metal related things, uh, so, so anyway, we'll see like some sort of core uh, inside the material that that helps add rigidity to the mm-hmm. belt. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that helps. 
sometimes I think it actually becomes a problem, uh, which might lead us to our second little thought here. But Matthew, <laughs> anything else about the belt just not being stiff enough? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's got to be stiff, right? And But as you start adding um, layers and stuff, especially with leather belts, they, I'm not saying that anybody couldn't carry a, a double-layered leather belt, that it, they would be too weak to carry that. But it does add weight, and you're adding a gun. And, and you know, sometimes the, the weight of the belt just, you know, uh, is, is uncomfortable, right? So, um, yeah, so we got to get it stiff enough, but at a certain point it you know just the 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 makeup of the belt becomes an issue right if mm-hmm. if we if we're trying to do that so i mean it's a re- i'll give you another weird one about stiff beltness is that um, retention of holster like we'll see sometimes um a poor clip on a holster is aggravated because the belt sucks because the belt's not stiff enough and mm-hmm. if the belt can twist and roll then it's it can't retain the holster properly right so, yeah. All right. My number two uh, here. The belt can't be too stiff. And this one, I think we don't think about enough. I think there's almost become this thinking in the industry that the stiffer, the better. And that's just right. not true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not to, a, to a certain degree, right? right? Like, it's like, what? Like, I, I, I've seen advertising and um, I won't mention company names, though. Some of you, it'll be quite obvious. But I've seen a belt companies who run ads them advertising that you can stand on their belt like mm-hmm. put this on the ground and stand on it and it, it folds or, or bend or collapse mm-hmm. it's like bro that's too stiff like yeah. if i can stand on the belt and it doesn't doesn't like move at all i, I think that's a problem yeah so why why would a belt being too stiff be an issue matthew well i mean and he, here's the thing like um i i've worn belts that i find are a bit too stiff um, and what ends up happening is like, if, if you wear baggy clothing, right, a baggy shirt or something, it's, it's, it's not probably as evident, but if you wear any sort of like t-shirt, that's even somewhat normal fit, I guess what you'll have is like the shirt will go down around your body normally. And then right around your waistline, it kind of like bubbles out because the belt is actually like, like printing it's actually like expanding your the girth around your waist not by thickness of the belt but just because it's it has no bendability it doesn't it's not moving with with the rip the rest of your body naturally i guess yeah it's like wearing a hula hoop it's like <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> there's it, it's non-conforming and we're i'm going to talk more about uh conforming here in a bit or maybe we just you know kind of combine it with this idea of too thick but a belt that's too thick, yeah, it definitely doesn't conform. Like, I'll give you – here's a test for you. Um, I'll put on a belt, and I'll bend over, or I'll, like, crouch, like uh, like an umpire, you know, baseball umpire, like crouch down like that or a catcher. And if if the back of my pants is bowing out, right, like like inviting somebody to chuck something down my crack, then that's that's a problem. Like, mm-hmm. that belt's too stiff. It's it's not conforming to my body. It's conforming to its manufactured shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a problem. It and you know if if you guys and kind of as a visual, if you guys have leather belts at home, and when you first get the leather belt, it's straight, right? And then after you've worn it for several years, you'll notice it has like a curve to it, and that's because you know our bodies aren't you know like when when we wear the belt, it has to like wrap around our bodies and it, it, it does kind of pass to conform. And so, you know, that, that 
that back part that kind of bends down ends up conforming to your body. But if it's so stiff, it never does that. So you always have this, like that hula hoop effect, like you were saying, where it just sticks out in the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's got to, I mean, we aren't circle shaped. Like humans are not <laughs> circle shaped. Like our hips have some circle to that, to them. Right. But in the, in the front, we all have different shapes mm-hmm. and in the back, we tend to almost concave to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Um, you almost have a reverse uh, concave type shape in the back. Uh, I, uh, and this is a weird one because certainly we see some belts that are too stiff. We see some belts that are probably the, the appropriate amount of stiffness, but, but I'll just throw out uh, maybe our first brand mentioned here. And uh, I see that the designer of the belt's actually watching right now. But but the foundation belt is interesting because the foundation belt is the only belt I've ever seen that's designed very specifically to conform in the small back, to, to mm-hmm. kind of allow that shape to not hula hoop. Now, what, what they do, what the maker of that belt does is they, they, they have the, the belt a certain stiffness, which I would call pretty standard for a nylon gun belt, uh, all the way around except for in the small of back. There's about a, I don't know, depending on the size of the belt probably, something like four to six inches or so that should be at the center of your back that goes back down to single thickness. So, you know, th- imagine kind of like a double thickness nylon belt all the way around, except in the small of the back where it's single thickness. Mm-hmm. And it's designed for that reason. So that, yeah, when you're bending over, moving, adjusting, sitting, whatever, that that, that part of your body that's not like, it's not circular in shape, um, it needs flex and it needs to be able to conform properly uh, that way. So it's it's pretty clever. Uh, and, and I think that's an example of a, of a clever design that addresses this issue we're talking about, where I need it to be stiff for all the reasons mentioned, but if it's too stiff, it, it doesn't conform to the body. It's also a comfort issue. A, a too stiff belt sucks to wear. Like you just doesn't feel right. It feel it feels like somebody put something like metal around your hip. Like it just every time you sit down, it feels like it's pinching into you. Uh, mm-hmm. Every time you like you bend over, you're like, Ugh, it's like a like a, a hot point from a holster. Except for it's your belt that's digging into your body. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of like where I was talking about, like the evolution of like something simple, like a belt, you know, like, uh, before it was just, okay, I'm not going to go with a really soft, supple belt. So I'm going to go with a gun belt that's thick and reinforced and, and I'll just get used to like, I just, that's just the, that's how I deal with it. Right. Like wearing a gun belt is going to be kind of uncomfortable at times just because it's got to be, it's got to be tight. And that's, and now it, doesn't necessarily have to because um there's some like I, I keep hating i hate saying like technology but like there's some purposeful thought into designing a belt that's supple where it needs to be and and supportive where it does where, where it needs to be so yeah yeah absolutely yeah and <laughs> yes <laughs> let's talk a little bit about width so i think another interesting failure point is uh when it comes to belts is just the width of the belt mm-hmm. now in an ideal world you you would buy and wear a belt that is a width that corresponds to the width of the clip from your holster so for example the the standard crappy walmart belt you know that i wore for decades and decades was i think one maybe no it's got it had to have been one inch wide like it, that was it was a one inch belt which means it fits fits like all pants ever, right? Like all belt loops are gonna uh, you know work for a one inch belt. It holds up your pants all the same. Wouldn't matter if I was using a rope, right? Anything's gonna hold up the pants. But if you're using a one inch belt, and I see this quite a bit, 
and you're wearing a holster with one and three quarter inch or two inch clips, uh, that's going to be a problem. Your 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 gun your holster is going to be bouncing around, sliding mm-hmm. back and forth. Yeah, I, I may be dating myself, but I, I I remember like those in the like '90s of Z Cavaricci, like tiny little leather belts and stuff <laughs> like that, like or the you know the braided leather belt that's like you know you wear with like loafers and the carton you know anyways um yeah those don't work they don't work for guns right like they the clip isn't designed for those right so um yeah it has to be the right thickness but then at the same time um the the and i don't want to jump ahead and maybe if i am you know you'll you'll rein me back in but the belt buckle also has to be able to be fed through normal size pant loops that's a huge that's like an issue because i'm not a big dude and so my my belt loops are i think like appropriately sized for like a 34 size waist and sometimes the the belt buckle of the belt doesn't go through so you know if if you start it on one side and it's like oh i I, i'm carrying appendix so i want to shift the belt the, the buckle over to the side. I have to undo the whole belt and feed that, that non buckle side through. But, um, so looking at the belt, the buckle size as well as the belt size is also important. I think. Yeah. I'm going to come back to the buckle in a moment. Cause I think it's, it's along these same lines, but, uh, I I've had belts that the had nothing to do with the buckle. The belt itself was too thick to feed through my pants. And, and generally this happens with dress pants. Like, uh, you know, I, most days I'm wearing jeans or some sort of range pant or cargo pant or something. But, uh, on Sunday I wear, I'd wear dress clothes to church. I wear a nice suit. And so suits are not equipped with the same belt loop size things as, as a pair of jeans. That's just by the nature of the beast. And so th- it might be necessary for you to have, uh, more than one belt for different situations. Uh, also, I'll add that you, you don't you look a little bit goofy wearing some nylon belt with with a suit. Not that it can't <laughs> be done. It just looks a little goofy, right? So I do think there's also something to be said about well, you know, maybe this this belt works really well for this outfit that I wear, but not for that one. So it might mean owning multiple, and they can be expensive. So I, I think you need to you know, be thoughtful in those decisions and check return policies and things. But <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess just to, to leave some thoughts here for someone's like, well, then what size do I go get? You can always measure your, your belt loops of your pants. You can just take a ruler to it and, and figure it out. Uh, but in my experience, most jeans uh, and those you know kind of more traditional pants generally will accommodate a one and a half inch belt without any issues. 1.5 mm-hmm. is, is, is pretty standard. Um, I think it's also standard on holsters on the holster side. I think you find most holsters and clips out of the gate, they're they're generally standardized around 1.5 inch belts. So that's just a kind of a, a starting point you might consider. Again, you might have pants where one and a half inch belt doesn't doesn't really work, or you might have a holster that came with different clips. You can always change out the clips too. Maybe you love your holster, but the clips are too big for the belt you love so much. You know, maybe you need to go get some Ulti clips. We sell those on concealcarry.com and they'll work with any size belt. It doesn't matter. Mm. So anyway, just given you kind of a starting point, one and a half, in my experience, has been pretty standard, Matthew. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Okay. Buckle. I want, let's talk more about the buckle. So you mentioned too big or too thick of a buckle means I can't feed it. And someone might be like, in their mind, I trying to picture this. So I just want to clarify your comics. I think it's super relevant. Like what the, the, well, Jacob, the Matthew, the buckle goes in the front. You know, I don't have to feed it through the loops. Uh, yeah, you do. At least one of them. Like mm-hmm. if it, the, you know, you know it, however the belt connects, one side of it has to go through all the loops. 
And so, in your if you're if you're not a gun belt person, if you've never bought a gun belt, you're like, I don't get the problem because that's tr- on a traditional belt. That's not a problem because one f- one side has a buckle, the other does not. The other side has holes, right? And so you you feed the non-buckle end through your belt loops, and it's a non-issue. But what we see with a lot of gun belts is both ends of the belt have some have have part of the buckle and the buckle mm-hmm. like clips it to itself or snaps or something. And so now you, you do have to feed one half of your buckle uh, through your belt loops. And that's, that's what you're referring to. I assume Matthew. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you men- yeah. You mentioned the Cobra buckle, right? Like the, that, that kind of concept where there's two ends, they, they both have some sort of fastening mechanism on either side. Um, and it becomes an issue um, especially, you know, like I said, if, if with, with most, um, uh, I don't want to say taco pants, but cargo pants and jeans, like you said, but sometimes you get shorts or something that, that aren't, you know, made for carrying, um, you know, they're more dressy clothes and they have that narrower, narrow belt loop. And it just, it, it becomes a pot, you know, you have to kind of wiggle it through each one. So you're almost feeding the belt through with the pants off is much, I find it much easier. I almost have to do that with some of my pants. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's brutal. It's like, it's easier to, uh, like you said, remove the buckle from the belt entirely so I can feed it through my pants and then re you know, feed the buckle through the little slots to get it back onto the belt, you know, and and then, but then at the end of the day, you're doing the same thing. You're like, Oh, okay, here we go again. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, not, not fun. And I, I think it's a very effective tool for certain situations you know if you were in the military or something and and this is a situation where this is going on to a battle belt or duty belt that's then being attached to some under belt then it's it's a non-issue right it doesn't matter and so it makes sense like that kind of buckle was designed for situations where it's an appropriate buckle but but using like a cobra buckle or other things that are that are similar uh, with traditional pants is a no go. It's a it's a it's a torturous situation. <laughs> right. Yep. Whatever that's worth. Um, and let's talk more about buckles other than feeding it through the pants. The other issue is that I'll see people who their buckle is printed. <laughs> it's like congratulations, you got a great gun belt. It's concealing your gun oh so well. Um, but your your belt is printing. So it's like, it's like, look at me. Like, you can't see my gun. And I'm like, what's that? Oh, that's my belt. Oh, okay. Cause it looks like a gun. Like <laughs> it's, it's like for, for, for a guy like me, right. Who's looking at someone to see if they have a gun on. Right. And so there's this idea that we want the buckle to be as low profile as possible. Yeah. And I mean, so, okay. So I don't know, I live in Ohio, but I've been to Texas in the South and I've seen people with big belt buckles and that's cool, man. Like that's totally cool. Um, but when you're trying to conceal a a firearm in the appendix position, um, and you have a huge, like, you know, hubcap for a belt buckle, it draws attention. And, um, it also some, sometimes obstructs where your clips can go. So you end up moving that buckle to the left and now what you, or, or to the right or whatever to get it, to get it out of the way. So you can fasten your, your, um, holster there. And now, so you have this like lump on the left side or the right side of your hip. And then you have a, and it just, it, it's not ideal. Let's put it that way. Yeah. It's, it's just not functional. Uh, it's just not going to work well for you. 
you're right. It is, it is exasperated when you carry appendix because you're already trying to conceal that you just added, you know, two to two and a half inches worth of uh, displacement into your waistband, well, one and a half to two inches of displacement into your waistband. And you already have to conceal that. Like that's already a challenge, right? Like that we all deal with, but then you add some bulky buckle on top of that displacement. And it's like, <laughs> my gosh, mm-hmm. like, the buckle might not have been horrible before, but with the gun behind it now, yeah, it's exact. Like everything's making everything worse. Mm-hmm. And so to your point, that's like, Oh, but slide the buckle over here, but it's this massive buckle. It's awkward. Like now you, anyway, yeah, it's low profile. Gotta have a low profile buckle. I think that's super duper critical. Agreed. Yep. 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 Uh, I'm going to address a couple of comments here uh, really quickly because we got some a lot of conversation going on today with our live viewers, and so I think it's really uh, important. People talked about uh, how this comment here when we were talking about stiff belts is it especially sucks on a long road trip. Again, talking about that issue of uh, comfort and that being very difficult to to deal with. Um, there's a great comment in here about uh, someone who says, yeah, that's an issue that they have with the way they, you know, they are trying to feed this, this belt through their pants and, and then, you know, through an open buckle and the stiffness makes it stick out. Uh, Mark wants me to go do a demonstration. It sounds like a horrible, like infomercial. <laughs> Has this ever happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, you know, these are all real challenges that we have to deal with when we're, when we're trying to buckle on a, a gun. You know, let's figure that that stuff out. So, mm-hmm. all right, good times. Uh, here's another one, and I think this one is not spoken about enough, or or at least we don't address it the same way, all of us. And that's adjustability. So, Matthew, talk why what what do we mean, and what's the value in adjustability? So, okay, so when think about your leather belt and I don't know if it's just me, but like I always get a, a when I had a leather belt and I, I can't remember the last time I actually like used a leather belt. Um, but like, so I never was able to get it quite the right tightness uh, with the holes that were there. So I'd end up like taking a little leather punch and punching a hole or making it you know, one tighter, one in the middle of the other two holes. And then I'm telling you, like, I don't, and maybe it's just me, but like sometimes the belt would feel good and I would have my firearm there. If I didn't have my firearm, you know, inside my pants, then I needed to tighten up the belt and, and then needed a different hole. Or if I wore certain clothes, maybe that I was, you know, tucking in my shirt and, and using a holster that, I mean, everything changed. And so I never was really able to get the belt consistently tight where I, I in, in different types of clothing or different types of, uh, maybe I was carrying one type of gun and, or, or, you know, a gun with a, uh, with the sidecar holster for a, for a extra magazine, you know, everything changed each time that I wore my, my belt. So, um, I hated it and I wanted to be able to get something that was like, kind of like Velcro where you could adjust the, the, the tension. If you had a big dinner, you know, you could adjust the, you let it out a little bit. If you didn't, you know, you didn't eat for a couple of days or whatever, uh, you tighten it up. So it's kind of the adjustability spiel that I, you know, I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the person's got to figure that out, what's right for them, right? But but certainly adjustability is preferable. 
mm-hmm. uh, I think. I mentioned earlier that I wear uh, a leather gun belt uh, on Sundays because I wear a suit. And so that's a situation where leather belts are, are relatively limiting. Generally, you have a hole every one inch. That's pretty standard. And it's just as, you know, like I, I deal with that. I put up with that in that situation because that's the belt I want to use with what I'm wearing. So it's fine. It just is what it is. And, you know, it's okay. But I don't think it's ideal, right? It, it would certainly be ideal if I had infinite adjustability along that belt. And that's what some of these other belts get. Uh, I think we got to talk about Velcro. And I think we also have to talk about like ratcheting uh, click kind of belts. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start with Velcro and then I'll send it over to you, Matthew. Um, so, so Velcro is what it sounds like. Uh, Velcro belts, generally how it works is, a, a, you know, the belt is feeding through some sort of buckle and it's coming back and you're kind of you're applying pressure to tighten it down and then you're securing it in place with Velcro. Uh, the, the Velcro prevents you from having some sort of flap, you know, flapping around. Uh, and it's also an additional layer of security that, that keeps it from coming loose or coming out. And the, the good about Velcro, these kind of Velcro belts, is that you do have that infinite adjustability. You can tighten it or loosen it to exactly whatever degree you want. Arguably, I think the, a downside that someone could speak to is the, the, the it makes sound, right? You're constantly, you know, <laughs> every time you want to adjust it, there's a sound associated with that. Um, that doesn't like I, the belt I choose to wear is Velcro. That doesn't bother me. I don't think it's a big deal. I don't make constant adjustments in public, but I think that's a valid, you know, thing that someone might speak to. I think another thing that some people don't like about Velcro is that it gets dirty. Uh, that, you know, if it gets a bunch of junk in it, then it's, you know, you, it loses its effectiveness. Lint so, you, you know, I get, I, I don't have that issue. I've never had to clean out my belt because it's so full of whatever it is it would be full of. Um, but but I, those are valid. Those are valid comments. I don't want mm-hmm. to, you know, fail to mention them because they're, they're valid. People bring those up and neither of them impact me and my decision and my experience, but they, they certainly could. Uh, yeah, so Matthew. What about these ratcheting belts? You you have a few, I know. Yeah, there's a couple of different companies, and I mean, I'll, many of them are. I mean, they're exactly the same kind of concept. But uh, if you think of like a track on the inside of the belt, right, and there's a ratcheting mechanism in the buckle, and as you slide the buckle, the the belt through the buckle, each of you know a tooth catches, spring loaded tooth catches on these these uh this track and it kind of locks it into place. And so you can, you know, maybe down to a quarter of an inch adjustment either way. Um not infinitely, but you know, very a, a lot of adjustment um in quarter of an inch increments. So it's very um adjustable and um and they're nice because, you know, there, there is, you know, you don't have to wrap, you know, if you don't like, if, if you don't like Velcro, um, you don't have to wrap something through and then go back and fasten it on the other side. You just kind of, it's kind of like a traditional uh, looking belt where it feeds through and then you have uh, the, the running end on, on the, on the opposite side, right. Of the buckle. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I like the adjustability factor on those. Uh, mm-hmm. They they also, by the way, do make a little bit of noise for those who complain about Velcro being noisy. Um, they generally don't make any noise to loosen. You know, right? you kind of hit some sort of loosening catch that removes the little the the saw teeth, you know, whatever, and so then it can mm-hmm. slide freely. But when you tighten it, it definitely makes a noise. Click, click, click. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so uh, I don't think, again, I don't think it's a big deal. But for those who are concerned about noise, you know, th- there is a noise there associated with tightening it. I think it's important. You know, we talked about, you know, you, you gave some reasons why adjustability matters. 
But for me, adjustability also is an issue of just straight up concealment. Like I know where, where how I carry my gun and my body shape that if I tighten my belt down tighter, like if I just grab it and yank on it a little bit harder, my, my, my gun disappears more. Like it just conceals better. And when I loosen my belt, the opposite, right? Like, like it starts to, to print more. And so there's also, I think, a concealability factor with this. And so maybe, you know, I'm a person might say, well, I'm sitting in my house all day. I'm going to wear my belt a little bit looser and that's going to, you know, print a little bit, but it's not a big deal because I'm home. And maybe when I leave, I, you know, tighten it down a little bit and suck it in a little bit more and poof, my gun disappears. So anyway, I, I just think that there's, there's a lot of reasons why that kind of thing matters. Now, I, I'm not, I'm not hesitant to throw out some brands, uh, Matthew. I, I know next belt has done very well in our industry. They, they've done a good job marketing their product to gun enthusiasts. Uh, you have a core belt, I think, mm-hmm. as I yeah. recall. Yeah. K-O-R-E. Yeah. Yeah, they're good. I, I like it a lot. There's, and, you know, the, one of the things, and uh, we kind of didn't mention, you, we kind of talked around it um, with the, um, you know, matching your clothing style. Um, what I like about, like, some of the belts, like core belt, and I think next belt is doing that as well. They have different buckles and different colors and stuff. And I think core belt, actually, they also have leather. But um, And so you can take, like, a, a, a nylon belt and kind of dress it up and make it look a little bit more dressy where it doesn't look like, you know, you're about to hit the range in a tuxedo or, you know, like dress pants or something, you know. So mm-hmm. um, that's what that's you know, one, one benefit of some of these ratcheting belts, cause they, they do, you know, they, ha- they operate off of a, a of a buckle. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another one I was thinking of, there's a uh, black beard. They yes. Some, I can't remember what the name of the product is. Cause not all their belts are that style, but they have one that is. Yeah. I have one of those. Um, and there, okay. theirs is a little bit different. Um, they have like a ratcheting device, almost like the, the, tie downs on uh like the uh truck bed tie downs where this you know it's like a lever that you're pulling and it's ratcheting it down um so those are a little bit different than the next belt in the core but same concept Mm -hmm. yep yep valid very good so I think that we've covered a lot of things I'm just going to kind of recap here and see if there's anything we're missing so we talked about you know it's got to be stiff enough but it can't be too stiff. We talked about being too high profile, the buckle itself, having a hard time concealing and, um, you know, instructor uh, buckles tend to be problematic. Uh, we also have Cobra buckles that I think are, are challenging. Um, we talked about conformity to the body. We talked about adjustability. I think all those things uh, are matter. We talked about just getting the right width of belt, you know, trying to match it. We talked about maybe having to have different belts for different outfits and clothing and things like that. I think it's all very valid. I'll, I'll throw out one more idea and then I'll, I think we can have closing comments. Um, I really like what is generally referred to as a money belt. So I'm a big fan of belts that allow me to conceal additional items, hmm. generally cash, frankly, like if any of you ever, you know, kill me in the street. You should definitely steal my belt. It's probably cash in it. But anyway, I, I, I just have always for a long time, for a very long time, I've been wearing belts that I can conceal something in them. Uh, cash is a common thing, a razor blade, a handcuff key. I, I had a handcuff key in my belt for decades. So I, I just am a big fan of belts that allow me to, um, 
carry a couple more things. Uh, do you have much experience with those, Matthew? I don't. I mean, uh, in I know the um, duty belts, my, like my police duty belt. There was a little Velcro. It, it was a Velcro lined liner belt and inner belt, and then this kind of uh, had Velcro, and then you know your your, your keepers. But um, on the inside, you could put a little Velcro tab that you could put a you know, a, a razor blade, you could put handcuff keys just for your, you know, that, that it's exact reason. Um, or not, nah, you didn't say the reason, but obviously if you end Implied, up getting bound, yeah. bound, right, bound up or something like that, you might be able to, uh, overcome that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, this is a struggle for me because a lot of my favorite gun belt companies do not offer their product in a money belt style. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Ooh, I really like this belt, but I want a money belt. So uh, what you can do, you can buy some, some products that uh, almost like think like a, like a stretchy, like mag carrier kind of style thing that you kind of feed the belt onto and it allows you to uh, put some additional items in there. I've seen that before. Um, Stealth Gear makes a product like that. We sell it on our site. And so it's not as good for small items, you know, like we're talking handcuff key or cash, but, you know, maybe larger items like allows you to stow, you know, maybe a tourniquet or a spare mag or, you know, something that's not going to slip out of that that space um, pretty well. Um, One, I will just add in case just by some miracle, dude, somebody is listening to this and they're like a belt designer or manufacturer. Let me add that. (laughs) Yes, I want a money belt, but I don't. But you got to be careful with the zipper uh, or, or the closure components because some, a lot of traditionally, most money belts are, are zipped up. They have like a zipper in the middle, and that's how that you kind of expose the middle where you put your stuff. Well, the zipper is a problem. The zipper adds more bulk to that belt than the crap I'm stuffing in it. And the zipper uh, also is going to have some sort of pull, the zipper pulls. And zipper pulls also become a, a discomfort point, like a pain point, wherever you put the zipper pulls. And so, I've seen a couple of money belts that I think are very clever that instead of using a zipper, they just basically have material fold over itself like mm-hmm. an envelope. And that tends to work still functionally well, but it removes the bulk that comes from the zipper and the zipper pulls. So for anyone who wants to go custom make Jacob a belt one day, like now you got my list. What about those old like rubber coin purse things that you oh. pinch in the side and they open up? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. That, right? yeah something like that. There you go. Yeah. I, <laughs> I just, I don't know. Like I want to be able to hide crap in my belt. Mm -hmm. I just, I like it. I want to do that. (laughs) Um, There are certainly belt companies out there that do that for, for a long time. I was wearing belts from uh, wilderness tactical. That's a brand we probably should mention. I think wilderness tactical makes phenomenal belts. We sell some of their, not their whole product line, but we sell some of their belts on concealedcare.com as well. And they give you the option to add the money belt, you know, compartment, Mm. I guess, any belt they sell. Uh, so that was really nice. That was a nice feature. Um, I I don't know a lot of other companies that have that feature. And so it's it's something you got to you know, maybe you'd have to custom request or ask for. But I'm hoping to see more of that in the future. I'll add one last one. And it's they're out of, well, I think they're out of business now. But for a while, um, there was a company called the three, but uh, making a, a belt called the 369 belt. Hmm. And it was specifically designed for that. Like you could stuff all sorts of stuff in there. It was crazy. They, like they wanted you to be able to put your phone charger in there. I mean, all sorts wow. of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so anyway, I, I'm, I'm into that. But I think we'll we'll kind of wrap this up by just mentioning some brands. They're kind of doing a recap there. People are like, this is great, Jacob, but where do I go buy all these awesome belts you guys are talking about? Um, the answer to that is, of course, consultcare.com. That's where you go buy your belts. <laughs> um, we don't, we don't 
stock and sell every belt that's out there for sale. So there's a lot of brands um, that have great products. And so that's a good starting point, but we're going to mention some products right now that are not uh, available for sale on our website that you might need to buy elsewhere. But I'm going to go ahead and kick it off. We mentioned the foundation belt. The foundation belt is made by EDC belt company. Their website's edcbeltco.com, or you can buy the foundation belt on concealcare.com as well. Um, it's currently my favorite EDC belt, uh, Matthew. It's the one we were talking about. It's kind of, it goes from semi-thick to less thick, specifically at the small of the back. It's the most conforming belt I've ever seen. It has extremely low profile buckle. Um, it's stiff, but but not too stiff. It just seems to be a good balance. It's one and a half inch. And I think the foundation belt is pretty solid. Agree. Totally. Totally. It's a fantastic belt. Yep. Um we mentioned uh, leather belts. There's so many companies. Anyone who makes leather holsters probably makes leather belts. That's a good rule of thumb. Like any leather holster company probably has got leather belts for sale. Um, on our website, you can buy uh, uh, several different leather belts made by Crossbreed. Uh, 1791 Gun Leather, I think, also makes some leather belts. And there's other companies out there, too, that you can find. Um, we mentioned kind of the more uh, scuffle and Cobra belt style things. Uh, Viking Tactics is a good source of that. 511 Tactical has a lot of those. Uh, Stealth Gear USA, we sell some of their belts, and they have some of those available as well. Other brands that you would mention, Matthew, that, that have that kind of style of belt? Um, there is a Liberty Belt Company, um, and I know uh, Blue Alpha Gear makes, mm. uh, makes some Cobra. I, I believe they make a Cobra belt. I know they make a low profile uh, belt. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. And that's a brand that's very reputable. I, I don't, I do not own a blue alpha gear belt, but I've seen many people you know, rave about them. Mm-hmm. Um, we mentioned next belt, N E X B E L T. We mentioned core essentials and Blackbeard. Um, when we were talking about kind of the ratcheting and the click style belts, I think there's plenty of those out there. And, uh, yeah, I think that there's just tons of companies you can buy a good belt from, and a lot of those are unearned. There's a comment here from someone who mentions Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. So I think Bigfoot Belts is, does a good job. That, that company is owned by the same people who own Alien Gear holsters. Um, I do think that some of the Bigfoot belts are too too stiff. I put them in the category of like uncomfortably stiff, but they have a whole product line, and so some of those are probably uh, better than others. And each person's got to decide what they like, what they prefer, and what they think sure. is comfortable. Uh, so I think... A lot of these companies we've mentioned, they have belts I like and belts that I don't like. Mm-hmm. Any other brands that we should show out, uh, throw out, Matthew, or anything Man, else you want to say about uh, belts? I'll probably think of like ten of them once we we end the podcast, but I think we got a g- good good uh, list. Okay. So, guys, if you are currently walking around, and you don't have a gun belt. You're using just a traditional, you know, prior to owning a gun belt. Please, you know, repent of your horrible, <laughs> sinful ways and go invest in a good quality belt. And I think that you'll be happier. Um, it's probably worth experimenting with different belts. Check the return policy before you buy one, so you can have a degree of confidence that if you don't like it, if you don't find it's comfortable, if it doesn't work with your 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 pants or your belt loops or your holster, you can return it and get your money back. Uh, I would just add the shameless plug that please consider shopping for your gun belt at concealedcarry.com. We have a pretty decent selection of gun belts and we have a 60 day, no question asked return policy. So with that in mind, thank you again to our sponsors and a request here to, to our loyal listeners. If you are new to the podcast, certainly consider subscribing. You can do that anywhere where you listen to podcasts, Audible, Spotify, uh, TuneIn Radio, iTunes, Google Podcasts, or whatever your favorite podcast listening uh, tool is. It's We're there. Go get subscribed so you never miss an episode again. Please consider going back and listening to past episodes of the Concealed Carry Podcast. That could be overwhelming. There's over like 
500 of them, 520, 30-ish right now. But I think there's an amount, a huge amount of really valuable information. So if you've never gone back and listened to episodes before you subscribe, please consider that. And last but not least, please consider writing us a review on iTunes or Google Podcasts or Spotify, wherever it is you listen to our podcasts. Please consider writing a review. The reviews are the arguably one of the largest impact factors that determines uh, if people are going to be able to find our podcast. When someone goes to these podcast marketplaces and they do a search, oh, I want to find a gun-related podcast. There's a lot of podcasts that mention guns. So how well we rank in that search, how likely people are to see us and, and consider trying out our podcast is in large part impacted by your reviews and your uh, ratings of our podcast. So please, if you haven't already, or if it's been a long time, long time since you've done that, most of those platforms allow you to review our podcast as many times as you want. So please consider going and adding a rating and reviewing our podcast. We're very grateful for those that do. And even if you don't have a hundred percent good things to say about us, it's okay. We got thick skin and we'll, we'll take the, the criticism along with the good. Any last comments, Matthew? Uh, well, we do have to give away a prize. Ah, uh, should yeah. I not forget? That's Matthew. Make sure I don't do dumb things. So, uh, for those who don't know, every single week the Consult Carry Podcast Network gives away a prize to enter to win. Every single week, you need to go to podcasts.consultcarry.com and just click on giveaway and fill out that form. It's a re- it's a re- revolving door. So you can when you get there, you'll see the giveaway that's currently running. It'll show you that you know what products being given away, et cetera. Show you how many entries you have into that giveaway, and you can earn additional entries by sharing it, uh, you know, on social media and with your friends. And, and when they enter, that gives you additional entries into the random drawing. So Matthew, what are we giving away this week? This week we're giving up a Ready Up Gear MCF Spark flashlight. That's a dope light. Got it right here. So. Uh-huh. This is a cool flashlight, guys. I actually did some crazy testing with this last week. We went out behind our warehouse in the parking lot, and I chucked this thing as high in the air as I could. And I know that some of you are like, yeah, but how high can you really throw a flashlight? <laughs> like, I, I played Little League Baseball, you know, when I was eight years old, so I could I could chuck a flashlight. Anyway, I, I think we can get this thing 30, 40 feet in the air, and it comes down hitting concrete. And we did that four or five times in a row, and we, you know, we turned on the light before we'd chuck it, throw it up in the air and when it came down and bounced and rolled still on so this is uh, extremely durable flashlight uh we were doing some testing the other day it fits in a lot of the, your light mounts so if you want to mount this on your rifle it's very viable for that it's got momentary on and then it's got constant on so if you if your name is not about to be called out by matthew marister you should probably just go buy one because they're good and that gives our company money <laughs> so matthew who won the ready up gear mcf spark flashlight Congratulations, Mr. Edwin E. Edwin, Edwin E. E. Yeah. E is in Edwin. E is in Edwin. Yep. So Edwin E. Edwin Echo, good job. You are the winner of this week's uh, giveaway. Matthew will be reaching out to you via email to confirm your shipping process, your shipping address, so we can ship you your new MCF Spark flashlight. Thank you to everyone participating in our podcast today. We're really grateful. Thanks for being here. I look forward to seeing you in the next one. Hopefully, Riley will be back so you you get to hear from him too, if you care. If not, you <laughs> should send us an email to podcast, podcast at com and tell Riley you're happier when he's not around. So with that, guys, remember to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care. Mm-hmm.